Bomb Athletics, a husband and wife podcast where one sports nut and one sports butt recap sports documentaries and the latest sports news. I'm Heather. And I'm Jorge Mario Bergoglio. What? Also Who? known as Pope Francis. <laughs> Wait, is he the current Pope? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I had to look that up. Okay. So... <laughs> It's week, been a week. minute. It's been a minute. I uh, mean, a week. Oh, uh, yeah. We took Halloween off. Yeah, and we had a lot of stuff going on that week. We so. also thought we might get trick-or-treaters. Spoiler alert, we got four. And they were from next door. <laughs> and it was at like 7 o'clock where they're like, oh, maybe no one came to their house. So, weekly recap. What did you do over the last couple of weeks? Um, let's see. I was Barbie for Halloween. I wore my Barbie costume to work. Um, only one child that I worked with noticed. And all he said was, why are you wearing boots? Why are you wearing a hat? I was like, because it's Halloween, bud. Um. He just thought you were a cowgirl. I don't think so. I think he thought that's just how I normally dressed, except I was wearing a boot, a, a hat and boots. Um, other than that... We went to karaoke. We did some costume karaoke. Yeah. My voice was not up to par after coaching a game the night before. Yeah, but it was fun. Yeah. We saw that one guy. There was a guy there that sang solo, like sang his song and then dipped. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it, it was, was a rap too. It was so funny. Um, Nothing else really. Just work, work, work. What about you? Um... I mean, Halloween was pretty meh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I everybody had to work on Halloween, so. Yeah, freaking Tuesday, right? Yeah, but, I don't know, the football team that I coach finished 7-3 and three on the season. Mm-hmm. We lost our mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. regular season game of the year, the senior night that we had. Sad. But we made the playoffs as an 11 seed and played a pretty good team, and we lost in the first round. And now, but not by a ton. No, you guys lost by did two touchdowns. Really well, honestly. And then we went to my mom's retirement party. Yes, we did. And then I get to relax finally. Well, I clicked a gear today, and probably tomorrow and the next day. But then I get to relax, come home after work instead of going to football. Yeah. Also, if you guys hear any weird noises as normal, you've, it is our dog. You've also said that multiple times. I, I know. know, but I want. People to be sure that the weird noises are normal. So, the documentary this week. So, is the 85 Bears. Uh, it's uh, 30 for 30 on ESPN no uh, Network or ESPN. ESPN. I think the N stands ESPN for Network. Plus. What, is e- ESPN. what does ESP stand for, though? Uh, Esportes for Network. Definitely not. Nope. I forget what it is. I don't know. No. But, um, yeah, this this is a good one. I've, I've seen it before. You had not. No. You had no idea what the 85 Bears nope. were. I know that the Bears are a football team. Correct. Dub Bears. Dub Bears. <laughs> um, and so, I know that skip from SNL. So the documentary starts. Um, they introduce uh, Coach Buddy Ryan. He's one of the... One of the more famous coaches in NFL history, like, pre, like, this era of football. Like, he was definitely one of the more famous coaches. Never heard of him. 
I mean, he he's pretty famous. Um, but he was former coach of the Bears. Um, former he, he defensive was, coach. He was one of the assistant coaches. He was not the head coach. I thought when they introduced him, he was going to be the head coach, and then this took a turn for me, at least. Yeah, so they talk about 1981, the Chicago Bears were out of control. They had no discipline, no confidence, no identity, and no expectations. And so everybody kind of saw them going down. And they weren't winning anything. No. They were, they, their defense was decent, was yeah, pretty good, so, but like everything else was just like a shit show. So December of that year, um, two players, Gary Fensick and Alan Page, um, they wrote a letter to George Hallis, who was the owner and founder of the Bears. He was also a coach four different he times. He was also a founder of like the NFL. It was the American Professional Football League. Mm. And it is it is now the NFL. Well, they didn't say that. Yeah, but they didn't say that. Um, they but, were very clear for someone that is a sports butt. Hashtag sports butt. But uh, George House is a very well known, um, what you might call it, well known person you in Chicago who, Bear history. You know who he kind of looked like in all the pictures. Vince He's Lombardi. Wearing, like, who? Vince Lombardi. Never heard of him. Um. <laughs> the, the Super Bowl trophy's only named after him. <laughs> Why would I know that? Anyway, he had this long coat on and this hat, and he kind of looked like the bad guy but not bad guy on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I thought you were going to say the um, Inspector Gadget. <gasps> no. Inspector um, Gadget's Anyways, so Hallis also, Ooh. if you didn't know, which I know you don't know, he has a tribute to him on the Bears uniform. Wait, is he dead? Yeah, he died a long time ago. Okay, that makes uh, sense. But that's he was what, an old man in the that's 80s. That's what GSH is on oh. their uniforms. It's George S. Hallis. See, I've never looked at their uniforms. Well, now you have. I just know that they have orange on them. Yep. So, um, the two players, um, they wrote a letter to George Hallis uh, about their concern for the defensive coaching. Um, they were happy with the defensive side of the ball, and they didn't want another staff brought in if kind of the main head coach or whoever was uh, fired, that they didn't want anything to happen to that defensive staff because they felt like they were in a good spot, they were getting better, and so they just didn't want anything to happen. Because normally, if a new head coach rolls in, coordinators get let go or they get moved around and a new system gets kind of put in place I mean, and then it, they sense. have to learn they have to learn something all over again the head coach is going to bring in the people that they like correct yeah, and so um they were worried yeah they were worried about it and so they wanted buddy and his staff to be retained if there was a change in the coaching uh in like the head coach and so house comes to practice with the letter and he says you want it you got it and he kind of liked that he they took the initiative to kind of stick up for their coach. He literally said that he was proud of them. Yeah. Which and, I think is really cute. <laughs> and so then uh, the head coach, Neil Armstrong, no relation, uh, yeah, was no. fired. I wish he was. The, could you imagine? Neil Armstrong, astronaut, head coach of failing Chicago Bears. Well, it was funny. You were watching the documentary and they said, head coach Neil Armstrong. And all of a sudden it pauses. And I hear, is that the same guy? I mean, I knew it wasn't, but wouldn't it have been funny? Yeah. So, uh, they talked about how this team had talent. It just wasn't being 
like coached right it's or not used being right. Utilized. And so they had players like Gary Fensick. They had Walter Payton, who is also known as Sweetness. Um, he's in the College Football Hall of Fame and the Hall of Fame. So I mean, the, I'm just showing you that these are good players. Mike Singletary, he's in the Hall of Fame. Otis Wilson, Dan Hampton, um, he's in the Hall of Fame. And Steve Mc, Steve McMichael, who is also known as Mongo. He reminded um, me of my uncle. Or wait, oh my gosh, the Ringer. Okay. No. No. Who am I thinking? No, I'm thinking of 13 going on 30, the hockey meathead boyfriend. Okay. Um, How he talked sounded just like Mongo. You, he's the sports of, butts will know. He's kind of a big dum-dum. Uh, but, but we love him. Steve McMichael, Mongo, um, he is in the College Football Hall of Fame. So the team had talent. Like It's not like they were just a bunch of run-of-the-mill guys. Like, they had a few Hall of Fame players, mm -hmm. and so they just weren't being utilized correctly. So, enter kicking and screaming star Mike Ditka. Horrible movie. <laughs> um, so I had I to went, bring that up. I went and saw that at the drive-in. It was a double feature. First was Shark Boy and Lava Girl, <laughs> and the second was kicking and screaming. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> kicking and screaming is the dumbest movie I've ever seen. No offense. But... It's really bad. But also full offense, but my favorite is the little kid. Beyonce. Doesn't he say, he, I'm a kind and gentle human? Something like that. That's what oh. I strive to be, Beyonce. But the... <laughs> Bing Bong. <laughs> Mike Ditka calls him Bing Bong. Oh, he signs a thing. <laughs> Bing Bong. Anyway, so... <laughs> oh, it's, you, you're missing the, the best part. <laughs> Is when he introduces him, and he says, Chicago Bears, and he goes, Chicago Bears, and he goes, Sammy Sosa, and he says, no, it's Mike Ditka, and he goes, do you know Sammy Sosa? Beans from Even Stevens, you guys. Side note. You have what? A cameo from Beans that you Yep, I did. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, back I'm to Mike calm Dick. down. Anyway, back to Mike Ditka. <laughs> he um went to Pitt because he wanted to be a dentist, and then he was like, "I don't think I'd be a very good dentist." He played on Pitt's football team though, and ended up getting drafted in the 1961 um NFL draft to the Chicago Bears and. Won the 63 NFL championship. Awesome. That's different than That's the Super Bowl. different than the Super Bowl. What? It is. The Super Bowl won was until 1967. Oh, my God. It was the 66 He's season, a, 1967. He was playing football before the Super Bowl was a thing. Super Bowl one was... The merger happened, like, the middle of that decade. The, the NFL had teams like the Chicago Bears... Um, a lot of the NFC teams that are that have been around a long, long time. Um, uh, I, I think the like, NFC. So the pack. I'm literally pointing out a poster. Yeah, the yeah. Packers. Yeah. So the Packers. The Bears. Top Bears. Um, teams like the, the Lions, Cowboys, the like, Niners. Yeah, teams like that. They they were on. They were in the National Football League. Okay. And then there was also the American Football League With where the Browns. Um, some the of the teams, some of the teams weren't there. It wasn't as big. The Dolphins. And so the Oilers were there. The Oilers. Who are the Oilers? The, what Tennessee is now. 
They were the Houston Oilers. How do you they know? Had, how do you retain this knowledge? They had the oil like thing how on their How do you helmet. retain this knowledge? Um, the Chargers were there. Um, the Steelers? Uh, I would assume so. Um, the, I think the Dolphins were there. Um, and I think the Patriots, but okay. it was, it wasn't a whole lot. Um, I mean, there, were, there weren't as many teams to be. No. Anyway. And so that was the American football league. And okay. so Super Bowl one was literally, they took the two football leagues and then they combined them okay. and, or they didn't combine them. They took the winner from one, the winner from the other, and they played each other. Okay. Valid. And then that became the league. And then they kept the two conferences. Okay. Yeah, but so, this was... He was drafted and played and won a championship before the first Super that's Bowl. That's wild. That's why it's called the NFL Championship. So, after that, he was traded to the Eagles, then traded to the Cowboys, which he talked about how he got a call from the Cowboys head coach. And he was like, hey, do you still play football? <laughs> And he's like, well, I sure hope I do. Well, I think so. And he's like, well, I sure hope you do. I just traded for you. <laughs> like, yeah. such a weird phone call. But he um, won Super Bowl six with the Cowboys. Yep. Um, and then retired on March 1st, 1973 from playing football. Yep. Later, he was hired. And it was the very next really? year. Very next year. They, uh, they the did Cow- not go into this fully because Mike Ditka was just telling his yeah, own little he re- story. He retired in March of 73 and... Was hired and as the Cowboys special teams coach. For, which, the, for the 74 season. So, for the sports butts in the room, hashtag sports butt, <laughs> what is special teams specifically? Anytime the ball is kicked, that is special teams. It's not offense and not defense. Okay, so the PATs? PAT, punt, kickoff, kickoff return. So do you put different people in? So in, so, so in the NFL... This is always the most confusing thing to me is special teams. So in the NFL, yes, there there are players that are only play special teams. But then there's also like kick returners where like they can be a very fast kick returner. And so then they also play wide receiver. Okay, so what do you typically put... So, if it wasn't the NFL, if we're talking high school, college football, or whatever, everybody plays special teams. Okay, so like, do you, we we don't have enough kid have... we don't have enough kids to go Valid. eleven offense, eleven defense, eleven special teams. Okay, but like if you have like the special teams squad out there, okay, is it only offensive players? Is it only defensive players? Is it a mix? No, it it changes based on what you need, like. Kick return, you normally put two really fast guys back there. Kick return is when the other team kicks it and you're supposed to go get it. Correct. And then, like, kickoff, you want guys who can tackle. And so it's more kick defensive off players. Kickoff is the beginning of the game. Beginning of the game and after you score. Okay. And then, like, field goal, you want people who can block because yeah, you're all so you in a all line. all the big dudes. A lot of the big dudes, yes. And then okay. people who can block. So it changes from special team to special team, but there's not a set special team like roster. Like okay. it's not these eleven dudes play special teams. There's a whole bunch of dudes and then they're on different teams. Okay. But in the NFL it's it, it's basically for the most part, if you're on special teams, you're on special teams. Correct. Yeah. Okay. But there's exceptions. So with him being one of the coaches, he wants they won Super Bowl twelve. Um with the Cowboys, he then later sent a letter to Hallis about coaching the Bears. While he was coaching for Dallas. While he was coaching for Dallas, which we didn't really get into, but he kind of had like a... 
he left the Bears because of money, or yeah, he was let he, go from the Bears because of he wanted more money. Well, he's traded to the Eagles, so they traded him. He wanted more money. Yeah. He was unhappy with um, like how kind they were of, running it. Yeah, how they he were managing him. He kind of called them penny pinchers. And, yeah, and so that's why they traded him to the Eagles. Yeah. And so then, him writing this letter was kind of a big deal. Um, he said he tried tried to make up for like the horrible way he left the Bears, and then a few years later, Hallis took him up on the offer after firing Neil Armstrong. Again, not the astronaut. No relation. He did not fire anyone from NASA. So, while he was coaching, everybody kind of dubbed him as, like, a visionary. He also um, dubbed himself as a visionary. Yeah, because he's... He's Mike Ditka. Yeah. The, the, we had, they were showing one of his press conferences, and I Heather could... She, she was just laughing. I watched it, like, three times. Because was he was, like... They were talking, and they asked him a question, and he said, yeah, next question. And then they asked him something. He went, no, next question. And then <laughs> the one specifically was, why did you... Do like two throwing places because we felt like it in the moment. Next question. <laughs> but <laughs> because we felt like it. So like, he he comes in and he's a big personality. I love him. And so he tells the team that give them three years and they'll be back in the Super Bowl. But half of that team won't be around for that because only the strong is going to survive. Mm-hmm. I mean he he he's basically saying he's going to run the team how he wants it. And yeah. if you can't keep along, and then he, get out. He wasn't just about, like, really strong players. He was about more of, like, their character. Like, you had to fit with the team. You could be good, but you also had to, like, fit within the team. If you didn't fit within the team and you were good, you were gone. Like, they literally cut their starting... He cut the starting left guard. Yeah. And so then, 1974, um, Jim Finks becomes GM... um, General manager, if you didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I know. And not then, General Mills. General Mills. Definitely not. Um, so he employed two scouts, uh, Bill Tobin, Jim Palmer. Um, they started finding players to draft where kind of the other teams weren't looking. Yeah. Um, looking for said- players out of D2 schools that had kind of the right build and right skills that they could kind of mold into what they needed rather than looking at the... Uh, like they they use Dan Marino for an example. Mm-hmm. Yes, everybody knows Dan Marino can play quarterback, but go look at the D two quarterback that's throwing the ball all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, why why not draft somebody like that? Or like who was blocking for Dan Marino? Correct, and they were looking at the guard or whoever that was blocking for Marino instead of Marino himself. Mm-hmm. And so, which is like a different way of looking at people like yeah. they're gonna find some hidden gems in there for sure and they totally did yeah and so this was kind of they where they started putting together kind of the 85 bears team was in 1974 because they started drafting these people and yeah. they kind of molded them molded them molded them and then this is where it all kind of culminated yeah. and you know like this documentary jumps around a ton like we were in 81 we're in 74 now like yeah. It's all getting put together in this sort of way. Yeah, and so Buddy Ryan, um, I, I remember defensive coach Mike Dick is the offensive coach. And um, the head coach. And the head coach. Which he hadn't been a head coach before. He had only been a special teams coach. Yep, and so Buddy Ryan was not on board with the the team hiring Ditka for the head coaching job, and he was not happy with who the team was kind of scouting or drafting at the time. Um, he was... Uh, he he wanted the big players like Dan Marino and all that, and he didn't see uh, why they were drafting kind of the nobodies or just the the 
players that everybody else was kind of looking totally. past. Um, he also wanted the head coach job for himself. I um, think is totally valid. Yeah, he was on the Jets coaching staff when they won Super Bowl three. Um, he was also he was on, on a ton of different. He was also coaching the defense in Minnesota when they were known as the Purple People Eaters. Which is just so cute. You also paused that and went, is that what they're actually named? And I well, went, I was yeah. really, I've never heard that outside of like the song, which is the song from? I have no idea what you're talking about. The Purple People Eater? Is that not a song? I have no idea. Tweet at us. Um, so Buddy Ryan had a militaristic approach to coaching. Because um, he was in the military at yeah. one point. And so he, uh, Steve McMichael is telling the story about Buddy Ryan. He's like, hey, McMichael, McMichael, are you in shape? And he was like, yes, I am, coach. He was like, I've, I got a big old dog and I run with him every day and for, for a long time. And um, I'm in shape. And then they said after kind of the, the drills and all that to start practice, he had uh, McMichael like bent over a trash can, like throwing up. Mm-hmm. And um, the buddy Ryan was like, he told McMichael, we should have signed the dog. <laughs> like, like he's that kind of dude, but he apparently like really cared about all the players. He just showed it in that kind of way. Um, so defense had come a long way because... There was no coaching turnover on that side of the ball. Now, t- they were talking on the field more than they used to. They were, like, really checking in with each other and being like, oh, this guy's doing this, watch out for him, blah, 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 which is that, like, is that normal? Like, mm-hmm. that's what teams should be doing, right? Correct. So the fact that they weren't doing that before is, like, wild. I, I think they just said they were doing it a lot more because they kind of bought in. And when you buy in, you care about something. And when you're not bought in, with like the teams before where they had no discipline and any of that, they're probably not watching film. They're mm-hmm. probably not going over like what everybody's doing. So they're like, not talking as they're much. They're really getting like a team culture. But, but you can still call your calls and all that that you normally do. Totally. But you're not going into detail and caring about what's going on. Mm-hmm. So offense had also taken kind of like a big jump too in the right direction. They originally relied on Walter Payton as kind of like their offense. One he was a one man offense at that point and what? it really took a toll on him. What position did Walter Payton play, Heather? Running back. Yeah, correct. I, I they did not say ever. They, you're right, they did. I guess. You're right. Um but it took like a huge toll on him. He never missed a game in twelve years. Like even when he was injured, even when he was concussed, he was still in. So he was the offense until Ditka brought in Jim McMahon in 1982. And Jim McMahon is this huge, another huge character. This is this whole team is just full of huge. Everybody loves Jim McMahon. You guys will see why. There's a pattern with who Jeff likes. Oh yeah. And Jim McMahon fits that mold. So. Yeah. He's, he's the he's the same <laughs> attitude as like Christian Leitner, Russell Westbrook, and Jim McMahon. Like it's the also, it, it's the hothead players that don't care about anything. Why is like, everyone like, named Jim like, in this uh, documentary? Like Brian uh, Brian Bosworth. Brian, yeah, Bosworth. Like well, that's one we haven't done. Like that 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 dude was legit. Johnny Manziel. Like, yeah, like it's the it's the character that just he's the kind of the douchey dude, like, and that's those are the players that I like because they got the attitude. Ron Artest. Yeah. 
And so Jim McMahon, um, kind of <laughs> some background on him. We'll let you love fest for him right now. Oh, shut up. Um, so he was, <laughs> he resented authority. He had a huge ego and attitude. Um, they quoted him in an interview saying, I don't like practice. I don't like meetings. I like Sundays. I, <laughs> I, I get it. Um, but he fit in perfectly with the team. Um, but it, what was really funny was he shows up to his first meeting, um, as a Chicago bear and he's got a beer in his hand, but he just got drafted at a BYU. And you know he was not. Oh, definitely he was not. Not a Mormon. Yeah, and so he went from the super restrictive culture of BYU, where they had a lot of rules and a lot of things he couldn't do, and I'm sure he got in trouble a lot there. But um, then now he's in this huge like mecca of the sports world in Chicago, and he's he he's born to be a Chicago Bear, or be born to be in this like spotlight. Specifically, the '85 Bears. Yeah. So, Dick. So Mike Ditka, as we talked about, and Buddy Ryan do not get along. They mentioned in a documentary, multiple players said that they were like two alphas, which I hate that terminology so much. I think it's gross. Whatever. Anyway. Um, it caused, anyway. It caused a, <laughs> a huge divide in the team chemistry. A lot of times it was offense versus defense. One team in the locker room, but two on the field. Like, there were fights during practice. Yeah. Buddy would run the defense really, really hard against the offense. and To the point where the guys are like, you don't want to hurt us. Like, we're on the same team. Yeah, but that was just the kind of people they were. Because they were trying to prove that they had the better side of the ball. To, because <sighs> they it's want... It's a pissing contest. Pretty much. Not pretty much. It's fully a pissing contest. So, 1984, McMahon has a good season, but he gets hurt late in the year. He gets a lacerated kidney. How? He took a hit, and sometimes they just, like, get cut sometimes open. Sometimes you just casually lacerate your kidney. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's happened. <laughs> um, then, uh, so they go to the NFC Championship game against the uh, San Francisco 49ers, and McMahon's not playing in the game. They lost 23-0. Um, to add insult to injury, 49ers head coach Bill Walsh put in an offensive lineman in at fullback. So, but, how, how does that... I thought you couldn't... What's a fullback? So, fullback is somebody you put in the backfield to block for the running back. Normally, okay. normally they're just bigger running backs. Um, but you put in an offensive lineman, it means that... Can you do that? You can. That's not illegal. It is not illegal, but <laughs> the it was not very... It's frowned upon. It, no, it's not frowned upon. It just was not very popular back then. Well, and now, honestly... Now teams do it all the time. They were blowing them out. Like, why would you do that? Exactly. And that's why it wasn't what super popular. What a like, move. Oh, it's Bill Walsh. He's one of the greatest head coaches in NFL history. I've never heard of him. So. Very, very You know who I have coach. heard of? Mike Ditka. Um, <laughs> so the team kind of knew they'd be back the next year. Um, they, they didn't know. They, they said, we'll be back. Yeah. And so then this is when... Um, they get William Perry, also known as Refrigerator or, or Fridge. fridge. Um, so Buddy Ryan thought he was fat and slow, and then everybody else was like, no, nah, he's fat, but he's definitely not slow. Mike Ditka was literally like, no, you should watch him run. Yeah. Because and he he's not slow. You look at him, 
And he's just a big goober. They called him a big kid. Like, he's just a big old they were goober. Like, he's the sweetest guy. And like, when no he's... one had anything bad to say about when him. When he started talking on the documentary, it was like, oh. it was just like some big old, like, doofus. He's just, hey, so what's goofy. going on? Like, and just yeah. like the biggest smile the whole time. Yeah. It was so precious. I'm so, calling this man precious, and he's definitely like 20 or 30 years older than me. So. The start of the 85 season, this is kind of the, the season where it all woo, takes woo, place. Woo, hence the 85 Bears. Uh, um, they win the first two games, and then week three against Minnesota, McMahon didn't practice all week due to injury. Um, he said, I think he said he had a concussion or his it head hurt or something. something. He said he was on a bunch of muscle relaxers and painkillers. Yeah. Or maybe and it was his back. Mike Ditka's policy was if you don't practice, you don't play. You practice all week, then yeah. you don't play. And so Dick had told him, "Hey, you're not playing." And he was—he thought he was going to kind of get away with it and be like, "Oh, I'm the starting quarterback. I do what I want." He's McMahon. And so he warmed up, and he just told him, "I'm here in case you need me." And so the Bears started losing the first half, and McMahon started kind of bugging Dick to put him in. He just kept like yelling at him on the sideline, like, "Hey, like, put me in, hey." Like that like, song, put I, me in, coach. I don't know the words. Okay. What song is that? Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Oh. At center field. <laughs> Wait, is that about baseball? Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, Dick put him in the second half, and the very first play, he says he takes the ball and he kind of stumbles. And he said he was on so many muscle relaxers and painkillers, like he. Got it dizzy mm-hmm. and his legs kind of collapsed well, under him. Well, you see the footage and that's exactly what happens. He like stumbles over yeah. his own feet. And it's supposed to be a screen pass. And he said that he looks up and one of the wide receivers is like 10 yards past his dude. And so he just throws it up to him. And so first plays in, they score a 70 yard touchdown. Which this is like the stuff he does was that he would kind of like defy what was what plays were told to him yeah, if, I'm, so if Dick, I was interpreting that correctly. Yeah, Ditko would call plays and he would walk up the line and go, nah, like, I'm not going to call, I'm not, we're not going to run that. Which, is that normal? I'm <laughs> is to, that normal? To an extent. I mean, like the play where. Because I guess like they know like, hey, I know that this dude's, I know how this well, defense like, runs. Like he talked about like, they walked up and it was a, he said it was a sweet play to Walter Payton. Like, you're supposed to hand it to him, like, hand the ball to the running back, let him run around the outside. Well, of course you're handing it to Walter. Well, he says he calls the play in the huddle. He goes up and he, um, it's, I think he said it was like third and nine or something. And so he goes, he gets to the ball and he sees they have nine out of the 11 guys on the line of scrimmage, which means they know they're running the ball. And so he changes it to a little run play to the fullback. And so instead of handing the ball to Walter, he hands it to the fullback. Fullback gets nine yards. So he changed the play because he knew he, the, he what knew what was going to happen and knew what the defense knew. And he would so make a really good coach. Probably not. Well, with that kind of oh, people like do it all the time. I don't like, know. We do it in high school. Do you? Yeah, we do. Um. So then the, uh, um, so that first play, he throws a 70 yard touchdown pass off of the screen play and he comes to the sideline. Mike Dick goes, what play did you call? And he goes, I called the screen pass. And he goes, why'd you throw it to him? He goes, cause he was open. <laughs> and so Valid. they go in for the second play and he throws another big old long touchdown pass on the very second play that he plays. 
And then he had a third touchdown pass later in the game, and they ended up winning the game. And so they were on a winning streak. Yeah. So they stayed on this winning streak. Um, week six, for example, they played the 49ers, which was like the big revenge game um, because of like last season, like they had all that fire in them. And they... They had all that fire they in did. them. They did. They were... They, when they lost in the yes. NFC Championship. Yes. So they... Had won- all that fire in them. Oh, shut it. <laughs> They won twenty six to ten, and they <laughs> kind of put the fr- they put fridge in the backfield to kind of stick it to them and to Bill Walsh, Bill Walsh, Ben yeah, Walsh, Bill Walsh, Bill Walsh. Yep. <laughs> Ben Walsh. <laughs> okay, so um, week seven they played Green Bay. Um, the fridge kind of turned into a folk hero during this game specifically because they could see that he could run and he could catch. He even caught a touchdown pass, which he was like the biggest guy on the field at that point. And so it was kind of shocking to see that. Yeah, um, he said he showed up weighing like 390 pounds. Uh-huh. Like he was the biggest guy in the NFL. So the Bears were kind of killing it on both sides of the ball with that game. They said if they played like this today, they would all be fined because of how they handled the quarterbacks is what I think a lot of the players said. Like, the defensive players specifically. Nope. Which I I don't understand. Well, now the rules are so touchy-feely on quarterbacks. Like, you can't land on a quarterback with your full body weight anymore. What if that's not your fault? What if you fell? It's still a penalty. That's rude. Um, You can't hit a quarterback in the legs. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, there's all these rules protecting quarterbacks now. They could sit down and throw the ball, though. If they They, really wanted to. I know you can't, but theoretically. So, the... There's all these rules protecting quarterbacks, and teams like these, they would... If a quarterback throws a ball and they get there half a second late, they throw him on the ground. They hit him in the head. They're like, oh, they'd really rough him up. Yeah, and like they wanted to scare all these quarterbacks to like, Valid. hey, they're they're about to hit me again. I better throw this so they don't hit me. Mm-hmm. Like just they they put the fear in them. So the um the bear the bears defense was kind of seen as the most devastating defense in NFL history. They were pretty good. Um. Also, like, from this game specifically, Fridge got, like, super popular with everybody. Like, he started getting, like, um, brand deals. There was that really cute commercial of him, like, like with Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, your fridge has got to be stocked with Coke or something like that. It was the funniest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then... Week 13 comes, like, we're kind of skipping along in their season because, I mean, they're winning. Um, And it's against the Dolphins with Dan Marino, who's that really good quarterback. Correct. Quarterback. Um, And it was the Bears' first loss of the season, which they didn't lose up until week 13, which is so crazy. And it kind of showed them, like, oh, like, we can still, we can lose, but... Like, so we need to keep doing better. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the whole team had, like, endorsement deals. They were all huge celebrities. They talked about, like, Jim McMahon and Walter Payton. They kind of had, like, the national the national deals, like Coke and, like, or, uh, like, the fridge had Coke. And um, I think they said Walter Payton had, like, 
a bunch of clothing brands and yeah. cars and stuff I mean, like that. Ditka even had yeah and deals like but, a bunch of them. And then they said even like the the low level like linemen would get like local deals. Like there were those cute, like restaurants and stuff like that. There were those cute ones where there was like monster something and they had to wear like little monster hands. Yeah, the the because they were the monsters of the midway. Did you not hear that part? Maybe I did not fully hear that part. Monst- there was a lot going on, and a lot of it was not fully relevant so to me writing it Chicago down. Chicago is known as, like, Midway, or Midway City, whatever it is. Um, and they were the monsters of the Midway. and so The Colossus of Clout. No, not the... Not That's the, Babe Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, the Bears finished the season 15-1. Um, That's amazing i mean it's not the not the dolphins from the 70s 80s what did they have a perfect season they did um so they played the giants in the divisional round and they won and then they went to the nfc championship game against the rams and they won that too Mm -hmm. um the divisional game mcmahon got in trouble um he wore a headband that had adidas on it and the jerseys and it was showing yeah and the jerseys during the game and the jerseys at the time were usually either like Russell or Wilson or kind of one of the or Russell Wilson. No. <laughs> Wait, I just No. The, so the they sports brand. Correct. So um they uh Nike They were easy to they were easy to make like and you could make a lot of them fast. Yeah. And so um you couldn't wear anything with like a corporate sponsor on it because it's not making the NFL any money. To wear Adidas headband, or <laughs> and so that's what he was wearing. He was wearing the Adidas headband, and they basically said, "Hey, we're gonna find you five thousand dollars because they're <laughs> wearing a headband. You're not gonna give out free advertising during a football game when they're not paying us, type thing." Mm-hmm. And so then, then that was during the divisional game against the Giants, and so then the next week against the Rams. So he says they go warm up, and then they go back in the locker room, and they have kind of the five minutes between um, when they warm up and when they go back out to the field and um he grabs his headband he grabs his magic marker and he's like what could i write on here and so he had just been fined by the commissioner pete roselle and so he ends up writing roselle on his headband it's a very famous image of him wearing that stupid headband it's really funny and so then roselle called him and thanked him for the free advertising he did not get fined the next week well pretty funny so now we jump forward to Super Bowl twenty. Let's jump forward. It's the next, the very next week. Whatever. We jump forward a week. <laughs> Divisional, Excuse NFC me. Championship, Super Bowl. I only pay attention to the Super Bowl ads and Whatever. halftime show. Whatever. Anyway, Super Bowl twenty. It's in New Orleans. It's against the Patriots. Um, the Bears, the Bears. <laughs> partied super hard because i mean they're in freaking new orleans like they're talking about like getting on the roofs and throwing beads and all this stuff um but this news comes out i think they said thursday morning um that mcmahon did a radio show early that morning and called all the new orleans women sluts and the men stupid. But then they call him he was asleep and drunk and they were like did you do this he was like I didn't do anything. He's like, what are you talking about? I didn't do no so, radio show. S- someone made it up. They'd never said or figured out who. 
but like people were pissed like they were picketing they were like at their hotel like and he said he was being threatened by like like he bomb threat he said his phone was ringing in his hotel like a bunch of times and he got woken up a bunch of times by people screaming at him and which should you call him. people that stuff absolutely not but there are worse things to call people definitely so before the super bowl buddy ryan calls a meeting um there were rumors that he was leaving to go coach the eagles said the rumors are true but he'll coach in the super bowl to win so like everyone's kind of like what the hell and so like they talked about him like everybody's kind of like knew what was going on and then they said he was like he had his back to him and he turned around and he was just like crying and i mean he's, he's been... a tough man so like yeah so it was weird to see him like crying like that and so they go to the Super Bowl and they win forty six to ten. It's one of the Woo-woo. one of the worst kind of lopsided Super Bowls. <laughs> um, then Buddy Ryan and Mike Ditka were carried off the field together. Um, they were the first and only pair of coaches carried off the field after winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, it hasn't been done since, and it, it was, was not done before that. It was super cute because they're all like smiling. And, like, really excited about it. Well, and it goes back to what you said about, like, the pissing contest. Like, they were like, hey, we're going to pick up Buddy. You guys might want to go pick up Mike Ditka because he's going to be pissed if we mm-hmm. don't pick him up. But we're going to pick up Buddy. So, it was kind of the same thing. Offense against the defense. They are picking up their respective coaches. But, you know what? So. It worked. Um, Walter Payton was upset, though. He didn't get to score in the game. Boo-hoo. I know, but, like, he was upset about it and everyone was kind of like well why are you upset like we won you have a super bowl ring yep. so it was the their first super bowl title in franchise history well remember because they won the national football championship the or the yeah before when the Dick was there championship yeah. but it was their first super bowl correct title. um so, there is a celebration parade that brought about a half a million people to the streets of Chicago in January. It was four degrees Fahrenheit with a negative 15 to 20 degree wind chill. So, freezing cold and a zillion people worse, out. Worse than freezing cold. I know. I bet you it was warm in the middle of it, though, because everybody's all huddled together. Like, I mean, but yeah. negative 15 and negative 20 is pretty cold. Mm-hmm. However, this celebration was short-lived and somewhat forgotten about because it happened the day before the Challenger explosion. Yep. Which, there's our space connection. Damn it, Neil Armstrong! Wow. Sorry! <laughs> so, the... It was a joke, I'm sorry! They fast-forward to the 86 season. Um, they go 14-2. and two. Um, McMahon had a season and an injury. Um, this is where another very famous clip in NFL history where they did show it where he throws the ball and then the Packers do grabs him around his, oh his yes. like waist or like his Ugh. around his arms. And he just like slant, he slams him on the ground and separates uh, McMahon's shoulder. Um, so the team traded for Doug Flutie and they said the chemistry was super thrown off because um, the team felt like they had two solid backup quarterbacks that were getting the job done. They were winning games, and then they bring up, they bring in Doug Flutie. Dick they, brings in Flutie. Yeah, Dick trades for Doug Flutie, um, like halfway through the season, and kind of throws everything off, and um, they end up losing in the divisional round versus Washington. 
And it was kind of Flutie's fault. I mean, he threw a pick in the third quarter, and that was kind of how Washington went on to win the game. Picks mean an interception? Correct. Then what, um, why are there two words for it? Uh, there's a lot of words for a lot Confused. of Confused. Um, so the team kind of you, started to break up at this point. You had a question about Doug Flutie? I don't remember it. Um, how tall was Doug Flutie? Yeah, because they kept saying he was so short. Oh, bro. Doug Flutie's 5'10". <laughs> Doug Flutie that is, is short for football. Doug Flutie is tiny. And he had they tiny. literally were like, they said that Mike Ditka wanted like his three ring circus. So, Doug Which Flutie, I'm not going to say exactly the words they used because one of them's not super appropriate. Doug Flutie was super tiny, had small hands. That's why he had to go. He went from Boston College. He went to the CFL first. Canadian Football League. Correct. Uh, he went to the CFL first. I feel like I'm on and a then show. he got picked up by a couple of NFL teams because he was playing well in the CFL. And so this is where the Bears gave him like one of the first chances at the NFL. And then he kind of bounced around a little bit. And then he went to the Chargers for a long time. And then he ended up with the Patriots and his super famous drop kick um, with the Patriots. But he's 5'10", and he got he was old at the end, like 40. So, I mean, Doug Flutie was old. Flutie duty. Something like I'm that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, their team started to break up, and people started just, like, going to different teams. So four out of the five seasons that kind of the core group of players were together uh, for the for the team. Four out of the five seasons they went to the playoffs and with the one Super Bowl win. Um, 1989, uh, McMahon was traded to the Chargers. It's funny because Doug Flutie like followed him to the Chargers, um, kind of. <laughs> and so um, 1993. Uh, Ditko was fired after a five and eleven season. Um, Ugh, that's yeah, bad. That's kind of the the end of the. That's bad. Uh, that's kind of the end that of the like Ditka the, era, and, and also the end of the eighty five Bears. Yep. And so a lot of people blame the downfall on Buddy Ryan leaving after the Super Bowl. Others blame the team for not Which being able to keep McMahon w- healthy. He went to the Eagles to head coach, correct? I think so. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, he got his head coaching job. There would be no reason to leave to go to the to be the exact same thing you um, are. Except he really didn't like Mike Ditka. True, but they just won a Super Bowl together. Fair, fair. And so the ten year reunion in nineteen ninety five, um, they found out Walter Payton needed a liver transplant. He had some weird I I I'm like not even gonna rare... try and, I'm not even gonna try and read it. It's weird. Um he, but he he ended, he ended up dying at 45 years old. It was only like a f- like seven months after they all met up. Yeah, and so uh, Dick has said Walter was kind of the best example of a man teammate that kind of he had he had seen. Um, and then it kind of goes into a couple other players who had some issues kind of off the it field. It really feels like. Isn't there a bear's curse? Isn't there a bear's curse? There's not a bear's curse. Am I thinking of the Yankees? Not the Yankees. The Red Sox. The Red Sox. Yes. So. Dave, 2011, Dave Dewerson. Dewerson. Um, he committed suicide. He shot himself in the chest. Did you have to go into it? Yes, because he left his brain intact 
and wrote a note to his family that said he wanted his brain to be donated to science and research for CTE. And then evidence came out that he did have CTE. Okay. Yeah, so that that's was why also cuz he didn't dude, he didn't mess his head up. That was also like a big thing is that because of like what happened to him like Well, it's just football. Like I, it's not what yeah. happened to him, it's just football. But he they talked about how he was having like a lot of issues with it and McMahon started having the same issues yeah. that he saw Dave go through. Um, he started having memory, sight, and mobility issues, and he was diagnosed with early onset dementia at like, wasn't it like forty or forty five years old? Something like that. Super like, early. Super early. So now he receives therapy treatments to relieve spinal fluid buildup and pressure in the brain. It helps relieve brain fog and fixes his sight problems. Yeah, he said basically like his neck gets like pinched together, and then the the spinal. Of, like, the spinal fluid can't like flow between his brain and his like spine. And so then there's like a lack of spinal fluid in his brain. And so when he gets corrected or whatever, whatever you want to call it, um, it kind of opens that up. And he said the first time it happened, he said it was like somebody flushed the toilet. Mm-hmm. He said just uh, his sight came back. He said it, his headache went away. Like he said it was weird. And so he, he does that now. Throughout this documentary, we saw, um, Singletary kind of visiting Buddy Ryan mm-hmm. um, with his horses and everything. Um, Buddy Ryan, at the time of the documentary, was like in his late 80s. He had suffered a few strokes. Um, he had cancer. He fell a bunch He time. fell a few times. He was in a wheelchair. And he had some trouble with speech. And at the time, he was like dictating to someone mm-hmm. um, to write things out for him. So... The documentary ends with a letter from Buddy to the team that was basically just like a huge thank you for their work, calling them his heroes and everything. And then they ended after that, which I was bawling, (laughs) that Buddy died in 2016, which I should have known, but I didn't. 85 years old. But it was really sad, and he reminded me of my grandpa. I know. And... I made me. I'm crying again, <laughs> because it made me really sad. Um, and but the 1985 was the only Bears Super Bowl win. Yeah, they went again. So far, they went again. 2006, they lost to Peyton Manning in his giant <sighs> forehead, and the Colts. Jesus. Um. Oh my gosh. That was kind of it for. That was the 85 Bears, you guys. What oh. What did you think? I liked it. I didn't know any of this. I knew Mike Ditka coached for the Bears. Because of the sweater vest and the kicking and screaming? Yeah. Yeah. He was also on something else. No. I'm thinking of the same scenes where he's the the dad's neighbor on that movie. You are correct. <laughs> um, Bing bong! <laughs> so, I mean, I thought the 85 Bears were kind of a cool subject and not just because we had to kind of pick one and just throw it together in one that I had already I, seen. I but, mean, we didn't really just throw it together. It's a no. good one we would have done eventually. But. but I mean, I I thought it was good. Like it's a it's a football one that kind of shows different personalities and kinda like almost like a behind the scenes into like a team and what what they go through kind of over the course of a couple seasons. And we 
went over coaching and not coaches that were corrupt, like in our BS high. Yeah, and um, so I mean, the like I I think this. If you like this one, you'll really like kind of the last dance. Um, we're planning on doing that one kind of over the Christmas break. Um, yeah. Because it's so 10 episodes. Stay tuned. Um, but that one goes a lot into the general manager portion of it, the coaching portion of it, the players portion of See, it. Like, I had no clue. There's... I thought it was just Michael Jordan's life story. No. It's... Because I'm like the last person on earth that has not seen that. The last dance is about one season. I thought it was just about Michael Jordan and his entire life. No, Last Dance. It's the last go around, the last season they were all going to be together. But all of who? We'll t- the players. But we'll talk about that. Um, That's a stay tuned for another Chicago episode. Yep, pretty much. You're going to take the L train? I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, now it's time for... Do, 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 do. You gotta stop that. The <laughs> Dumb Athletic Sports Minute presented by nobody. Liquid IV? No. Never. I would hope so. I love Liquid IV. So uh, the Texas Rangers won the World Series. They beat the Arizona Diamondbacks. Was um, that an upset? I don't actually know. Those weren't upsets. It was the it was the round before that um, Arizona beat. I want to say it was Houston. Wasn't it the Houston Rockets? Or no, no, no. Arizona beat uh, Philadelphia, and that was a kind of oh. a big upset. And then beat Texas, the Texas beat Houston. That was another kind of upset. Um, but that was it was kind of beat its own state. It was the it was the one before. Um, uh, it was the round before that everybody kind of figured it was going to be the Houston and the Phillies again because they played a couple years ago. Um, but this was. Like everybody kind of expected the Rangers to beat the uh, Arizona. How many games did they have to play? Five. I know they we've... won four to one. Uh, how many is the most? Seven. Seven. Yep. That's the next one they should do. The like forty days in October or whatever. Something like that. Twelve days in October. Four. <laughs> um. So then the Chargers um got to four and four on the season. They beat the Jets on Monday Night Football twenty seven oh, to six. Oh wait, is the football six. season over? Am I stupid? Not even close. Okay, I thought you said like a move to four and four. I thought you said had four and four this season. Like no. they're done. Eight. How many games are there? Um, sixteen. Okay. Or no, seventeen because there's eighteen weeks oh. and everybody has a bye. Um, the Oregon State lost to a bad Arizona team two weeks Sad. ago. Um, they lost 27 to 24 and they were almost up in the rankings up into the top 10 and then, mm-hmm. and then, but they came back, they beat Colorado 26 to 19 this past weekend, whoop, whoop. suck at Deion Sanders. Um, and then, yeah, the, cause he's the one that broke up the pac 12, right? Uh, something like that. Yes. Um, then they old remember it was USC and UCLA first and then it was him but also him yeah. i blame all of them but oregon state plays stanford saturday at 2 30 on the pac-12 network network um basketball started back up Woo! the lakers are average um college basketball starting everybody's excited for basketball season Woo! maybe we'll go to a king's game this year Woo! they already played the lakers at home i know i saw yeah. We were busy that night. Yeah, but um, Travis Kelsey still dating Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is now hanging out with 
Brittany Mahomes. I wish she would stop making her famous. She's already famous because of her husband, Kermit the Frog. So sorry. Kermit the Frog here. Ooh, that was a good impression. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, is that it? Anything else? I Let us know what you think we should do next. Well, I feel like maybe like a basketball. Yeah, what I mean, think? I think we... Maybe something different. Yeah, maybe we'll do something different, like tennis or something, or... I don't know. Luge. There's no luge one. However, fun we, fact, we, I was so I was looking for documentaries to cover, and on Max, you can watch, like, full year's Olympics from, like, the 80s. That would be it's fun. Like, it's 12 hours long. That would be fun. No! Um, the... When are the Olympics? Next July? Next July. Summer. Yeah. Aren't those the boring ones? Um, some of them. Is that the luge? No, the track and field and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So you can follow us on Instagram at Dumb Athletics Pod and Twitter at Dumb Athletics Pod. That's D U M Athletics on Twitter. Um, because the normal dumb was taken. Um, you can also use ha- use hashtag Dumb Athletics Pod, hashtag Team Sports Nut or Team Sports Butt, depending on what team you're on. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and where you're listening to us now. Make sure to rate and review and subscribe. Thanks for listening to Dumb Athletics. And we will see you next week. You will hear from us next week. Bye, sports bets and nuts. And nuts. <laughs>